Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Michael Moorcroft. Thank you for tuning in to The Mage as well, your 101 guide to all things witchcraft and spiritual. Hey Majors, thanks for tuning in. This week, I'm super excited, this was really fun and interesting to research. We are looking at Himiko, the Shaman Queen. Himiko was a queen of Yamatai a section of modern-day Japan. Its exact location is hotly debated, and Himiko isn't mentioned in Japanese sources, as Japan at the time wasn't recording its history. When they later wrote about this period of history, she was purposely missed out. Most of what we know about her comes from Chinese and Korean sources, which is brief at best. The main passage we have about Himiko comes from a Chinese source called The Records of the Three Kingdoms, and it details her rise to power and how she ruled. Quote, the country formerly had a man as a ruler. For some 70 or 80 years after that, there were disturbances and warfare. Thereupon, the people agreed upon a woman for their ruler. Her name was Himiko. She occupied herself with magic and sorcery bewitching the people. Though mature in age, she remained unmarried. She had a younger brother, who assisted her in ruling the country. After she became the ruler, there were few who saw her. She had 1,000 women as attendants, but only one man. He served her food and drink, and acted as a medium of communication. She resided in a palace, surrounded by towers and stockades, with armed guards in a state of constant vigilance. Who was this mysterious and powerful recluse? Himiko, also known as Pimiko, meant son child or daughter, and ruled Yamatai in the 3rd century CE. 
Now, the location of Yamatai, it isn't exactly known, but it appears to have contained over 30 Japanese islands, one of the largest chiefdoms in Japan. This was before Japan was a unified country, and how we know it today. Himiko ruled over more than half a century. She was also the first name confirmed historical figure in Japan, and to this day she still has relevance. 99% of Japanese school children know her name. And shaman queens were a thing back in ancient China, Korea, and Japan. These women, they would use their powers and connections to the other worlds to benefit those who they ruled over. Having access to the spiritual world was closely tied to political power. And there's actually an equal split of rulers in terms of their gender and the rulers at the time, showing that society was accepting of a female ruler. But that's interesting to note given the fact that today in Japan, where there is still a monarchy, and it's the world's longest lasting single monarchal line, that was a mouthful, basically the longest line of consistent monarchy, there isn't a female emperor, there cannot be a female emperor, despite there being a long history of female rulers within Japan. Also, another interesting point, their solar deity, which traditionally around the world is usually a male position, it's filled by a female. Her name is Amaterasu. I hope I've pronounced that right. And the royal family, they actually claim this solar deity as their ancestor. There's also a point to make out about the line where her brother assists her. This came from the translation of the Tasuki Osameta, which means help to govern the realm. And this line has also been attributed to King Wakatakaru's reign, where he had assistance. Now interestingly, with Himiko, scholars have said that she wasn't really the ruler, she was more of a puppet. Whereas with King Wakatakaru's, it's accepted that it was just assistance, he was still very much the ruler. Like, gender bias much? Also, the part where it mentions few would see her, this could be kind of misleading. We have to remember that this passage was written by the Chinese. The only experience they would have had of Himiko and Yamatai was through envoys, and it was quite customary in ancient Japan for rulers to not meet their envoys and to have assistants deal with them. What do we know about her reign? Well, it initiated a new cultural era, and her land had many customs, including polygamy, the clapping of hands during rituals and worship, which was quite an odd detail. The dead were buried in mounds, and mourning would be around 10 days. We know there was little crime, and punishment was quite harsh. Also, men and women were viewed as equals, and women could actually participate in politics. Also, another point to highlight is she held onto a kingdom for a long time, around 50 to 60 years, which shows an incredible amount of power and skill at ruling. People have suggested that she was an oracle type figure, and her brother interpreted these messages. She could have also come from Korea in search of precious metals and good trade opportunities. How do we know she was a shaman? Well, the idea comes from the line, she occupied herself with magic and sorcery, bewitching the people. This line has many translations and interpretations, which range from the idea that she was loved by her people, or that she was actually a shaman. One of the words in the texts describes her skills as Guideao, translating to the way of demons. Now this can be interpreted along the lines of black magic, 
However, it also means a shaman acting as an oracle and using the spirits of the dead in this process. Some scholars have linked her to snake cults and serpent deities. Japan has a really rich history of females being linked to spiritual practices, especially fertility rites for the land. Himiko emerged from this backdrop. Mirrors and Bones A site that could potentially be Himiko's palace shows heavy evidence of osteomancy, bone divination. It appears that Himiko and court officials were burning bones and reading them afterwards to interpret signs. I spoke about this in the divination episode. Now, the Chinese version actually wrote the questions that they wanted clarity on onto the bones, whereas the Japanese version didn't. Also within this find, 117 frog bones were found, which perhaps is an offering, as frogs during this time were very sacred. In one of the books referencing Himiko, there's mention of bronze mirrors. These mirrors, they were created in China and given to Himiko as a diplomatic gift. We know around 100 mirrors were given. They've actually found some of these mirrors and when placed in the sun, it reflects the engraved images on the back of the mirror, and this is largely due to the surface being uneven. The images reflected were of mythical beings and sorcerers who would be worshipped in some rituals. I've included a picture of this on the Instagram. Very, very beautiful, very eerie to ancient peoples. It would have been incredible, I imagine. Bronze mirrors were revered in ancient China, the durability of bronze meant that the mirror could be inherited and passed down the family line as far as 30 generations, making it a very powerful tool to connect to ancestors. Mirrors play a large role in shamanism in this part of the world, and they can be used in a variety of ways. They can be the houses for spirits to live in, they can be used for healing ceremonies, for exorcisms, soul retrieval, divination. They were kind of seen as a spiritual or sacred battery, almost. Now mirrors were also linked to the ancient sun goddess. There's a myth where to lure the goddess out of the caves, where she was in hiding, the other gods and goddesses used the mirror to reflect her brilliance and to bring her outside, so that she could once again illuminate the world with her light. Many have linked this sun goddess, Amaterasu, with Himiko, saying that the goddess was actually based on her. Also, because of Himiko's name, meaning the daughter of the sun, it's been suggested that her people actually worshipped the sun, and there was a some sort of sun cult revolving around Himiko. The societal structure of Japan at the time meant that religion and politics weren't separated, nor was the physical and the spiritual world. Japan at this time had various clans, now these clans just weren't social, or they weren't just a political group. They had a shared religious belief that strengthened their bond, and how these clans interacted with each other was partly through their kami. Now the kami is like a, kind of like a guardian spirit, and its relationship to other kamis that watched over other tribes, there was an interplay between these kamis. As Himiko was the leader of the clan, and her title was Daughter of the Sun, it suggested that her people worshipped the sun, and as she was related to the sun, it strengthened her power and her position as a leader.
Majors, my sugar pot spell, it's ready. We can lift off, and I want your cup to overrunneth. Sugar pot spells are traditionally used to sweeten your life and bring joy. And who doesn't want more of that? I mean, I do. Subscribe with the link in the description, and you can be added. What are you waiting for? There's no time to lose. What else do we know about shamanic practices during this time? Well, bronze bells called dotaku were heavily revered and used by shamans as a way to summon deities. Scenes on the bells depict rice farming and the storing of rice, which suggests that they were appealing to agricultural-based deities for a good harvest and perhaps protection over their crops and supplies. Experts believe that shamans would have dressed in kind of like a bird outfit, a bird feather costume, to pay homage to the bird spirit who they believed brought rice to Japan by carrying the seeds in its beak. It was believed that the shamans would go out into the open sea and call these bird spirits back to the land. One fertility rite was planting the seeds in spilled deer's blood. Deers were held sacred to these ancient people, and their blood was said to speed up the germination of these rice plants. Could Himiko have done similar rituals to ensure a bountiful harvest? In a recent dig where Himiko supposedly ruled over, 2,800 peach pits were found, and upon further study it was discovered that they were buried during her reign. I did some research, and peaches are said to ward off evil spirits, and they're associated with feminine traits. There's one story where a Japanese god throws peaches at the demons in order to escape the underworld. Seems like a feeble weapon, but when I did a little bit more research, the Persians got hold of peaches through the Silk Road, and they viewed peaches as a repository for the sun's energy. Now whether they developed this idea themselves, or whether it was an idea that came along with the peaches down the Silk Road, I don't know. But I find it interesting that we've got this sun link, and there's this idea that they're linked with peaches, and it's during Himiko's reign. It also gives the peaches more weight, in terms of them representing the sun, they would have been powerful for repelling demons, and with this link to solar energy, the solar goddess, it would also explain the feminine traits that the peaches represent. Also, peaches are a symbol of immortality and renewal. Were they conducting rituals for the fertility of the land, or the renewal of it? I did some research, and the climate during her reign was cold, and many crops failed. Adequately feeding the population would have been key in maintaining her power. After her death, at the age of 65, although some have said it's possible that she reached her 90s, a king took the throne over. But there was a revolt, and he was ousted by the people. A relative of Himiko named Io, a girl of 13, possibly a niece, was made queen, and order was restored. It's also been suggested that Io was a shaman, and annoyingly, that's everything we know about Io. <laughs> I found out that on March 24th, 247 BCE, towards the end of Himiko's reign, there was a total eclipse, and we know that Himiko sent envoys to China that year requesting military assistance, as her kingdom was under attack from a neighbouring rival. Then the next year, in 248, there was a partial eclipse, and Himiko died. If there was a cult around Himiko, what effect did this solar eclipse have on her kingdom, and how did her rivals see it? Was it seen as an omen? 
that her reign was coming to an end, that she was weakening, that it was a time to bring her down, was her power fading? How Himiko died, we do not know. The fact that there was a king after her that the people didn't accept suggests to me that a rival tribe took over. Was Himiko killed in a war that was triggered by a solar eclipse and interpreted in an opportunistic way by her enemies? We may never know, but that is my theory. After her death, the Chinese recorded that a huge mound was built for her tomb and 100 of her servants followed her to the grave. She is widely known throughout Japan and many books and films have been created about her. Even Tomb Raider included Himiko in one of their games. Today, she is seen in Japan as a powerful feminist icon. Many have attributed her identity to other women mentioned in key historical Asian texts, and there's legends around these figures. Now, I've decided not to include these here because the timelines don't fit in, and personally, I don't think these women are Himiko. For example, there's a legend that says Himiko founded a key Shinto shrine, the state religion of Japan, from the 8th century till 1945. Now, this founding of the shrine, this was done around 5 BCE. The Chinese were pretty accurate with their calendars and their dates, and we know Himiko reigned from 180 to 248 CE. It seems unlikely that these legends relate to Himiko. I, I just, I can't see it personally myself. I think Himiko was a shaman. I think she was an oracle. I think she had absolute power, and her brother was more of a sidekick, rather than actually ruling, and she was a puppet. I, I don't believe that. There's a suggestion that her name is a spelling error. Um, Himko means princess, meaning the Chinese could have been referring to an unnamed princess. Personally, I don't buy this either, because by the time Himiko was in contact with China, she was a queen. Himiko's final resting place. Archaeologists do think they've found her tomb. In 2009, a burial mound thought to be too young to be Himiko's final resting place was actually re-evaluated, and it was placed around 240 CE, and it was built while she was still alive. Later that year, archaeologists found the remains of a large structure nearby, which may have been the palace of the mysterious ruler. A grant was applied to excavate the tomb, however, the current king barred access. The King of Japan is supposedly descended from her, and as a result has barred the excavation of her tomb. Though there are some that say Himiko's potential Korean roots and origins would shake Japanese culture, and indeed the politics of the country, if it turned out that the king was descended from a Korean bloodline, this is possibly another motive for the king to bar access to the site. Either way, Himiko's final resting place remains a mystery, for now. And majors, that's it. That's a wrap for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. My intent with this podcast is to provide guidance and inspiration for those on their spiritual path. I also want to connect you to information that is both useful and reliable. Would you like to support me and encourage me in creating more episodes? With your support, I can give the podcast more time and create more quality content. You can support me through Patreon and gain access to exclusive content and be part of the Majors World community, as well as being in the communal sugarpot spell. The link is in the episode description. You could also support me by following my Instagram at the Majors Well, leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, and telling your friends about the show. Please get in touch with anything you'd wish to share 
at themajorswell at gmail.com and you may just get featured. A big thank you to Coral Sinclair for the podcast artwork and to Cecily Klim for editing. Peace out, witches. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 